2: If we're going to do a GoFundMe for Chris Cody, what um you know, what kind of chair? What what what's uh what, what type of what price range, what type of chair should we be looking for here? Uh, All
3: right. so,
4: like I'm not, I'm not
5: sports sports. gonna
3: say the name because they're not a sponsor or anything, but my buddy Gaines and that's, that's a <laughs> chair brand right there. That'd be hilarious, a gaming chair in the back. Yeah, and it like sticks up over his head. <laughs> there you go, man, free pub. What are those on the floor like
0: cushions? So he has to sit real low and you can just see like his neck and nothing else above the desk.
4: Ooh. He's <laughs> like a
2: beanbag.
4: <laughs> getting a medicine, like one of those big exercise bowls to sit on.
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. Exercise bowl. Yeah, I'd have to think. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. But um, yeah, I think uh, you're all in agreement that I should probably start this, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Us. We're okay. totally
4: on board. Yeah. All right
2: all right i'll uh i'll I'll work on it i'll work
5: i don't know how many of you watch curb your enthusiasm but in this last season larry david went chair shopping and i just picture chris cody needs to go chair shopping let him pick out the chair
2: (laughs) have you ever been chair shopping before it's really weird and it's really (laughs) weird yeah you've never nobody's been chair okay well maybe i'll just continue to be the weird guy even though i feel like i'm a really really normal person um but yeah no like (laughs) You know, getting a office desk chair. Like, I mean, I'd like to know what I'm sitting in, so I'll go to like, uh, you know, um, uh, different places that sell office chairs, and I'm gonna go sit in the chairs. But you do feel kind of weird, like, hey, can I help you? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to make sure that my lumbar is properly supported on one of your chairs. So just, yeah, I don't need like. Um, that's always I've always felt like someone who comes up and tries to help you pick out a chair. I'm like. I I feel like I got this, you know, like I know, I know what my lumbar likes. I know, you know, like how to, how to sit down. Like, I don't need to, you know, I don't need the background or history of the chair, you know, like like I'm going to buy a chair. Just don't need your help.
4: You got to throw in a bounce test, right? That's vital in an office chair. I feel bounce. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you've got to be able to find a lever that is Mm -hmm. not hard to find. Like you want a quick accessible lever to go up or down. Like he's, there's some where you're like searching and like it, it's – it's it, there's nothing more embarrassing than being in a meeting like when you got a tie and you're searching for the lever to pull the chair up and you can't find it. So you're automatically the short guy in like a round table meeting. that's That stuff gives me anxiety. Yeah, I can't deal with that.
6: Because you, you don't have to go the, the wrong way and immediately fall down.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I'm just – can't i'm just not good at finding levers on chairs but i always feel like that's that's a little bit of a kryptonite for me i have a hard time finding <laughs> a lever on a chair yeah that's i'll walk like.
4: into a meeting room and i'll assess the chairs in there and decide as to which one i'll sit on because I, I, don't, I
2: can respect that I,
4: I don't like i don't like a short chair i don't want to have to adjust it and like i'm very uncoordinated. like i'll fall off or it'll break or something. Which so you got will, to find
2: the middle level because you don't want to be high like, hey, look, I'm king of the castle. Oh, yeah, I do. Especially if, I do. You, if you're a short guy, you can't be like sitting on a tall chair, but like this guy is clearly overcompensating. His <laughs> like, feet
0: are not the touching chair. the ground. What's going on here?
2: Exactly. Exactly.
4: So the chair no, I've been I'm, sitting I'm, in too. at work for the last year has three levers. One has like moves the back back and forth. One goes up and down. And the third, I don't even know what it's for. But I tell you, after a year, I still never grab the right one.
2: No, nobody knows what the third level does. No, nobody knows what it does.
4: Makes no sense.
2: This, this chair that I showed you different.
3: guys has three levers and a button lock on the armrest, so you can slide them back and forth. It's way too high tech. There's no wow. need for a space chair.
4: Barrett it's- sells chairs for a living.
3: Yeah, <laughs> actually, a good deal, actually. Yeah.
4: Can we get hour after hours embroidered on it instead of? <laughs> that's an- eh? Eh? It'd
2: be an upcharge.
4: Mm. I know an <laughs> embroiderer. Yeah. However you say that.
2: I feel like you're missing an opportunity to just embroider in it" on the back and sending it to uh, sending it to to Cody. And we
3: are back with another edition of Lauer After Hours. This is Mike Ryan fan account, and today we are joined by two incredible Dan Lebatard show fans that have incorporated show lines into their
1: broadcasts. Thank you so much for joining us, Parms and Mod. Today, we are actually blessed by... A couple of really, really awesome Levitar fan guests here. We have Randall Parmley, a.k.a. Parms, and we also have Mike O'Donnell, mod for 3 on Twitter. Uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. Hey, I appreciate you, appreciate you,
6: having you guys us, uh, having us on. Looking forward to it.
1: How did you get started in uh, in the sports business?
6: Well, I've kind of got a a, a little odd story, I guess. I'm a, I'm a success story that took about 12 years to get through it's just probably the best way to put it. Uh, like a lot of people, I wanted to have too much fun right out. And I uh, went a couple years and dropped out and worked in a factory for geez, two or three years after that. And just said, man, this sucks. This is it for me. And then I uh, went back to school and, and got into TV broadcasting and uh, and had a lot of fun with it ever since then.
1: And that was at at Western Kentucky, correct? Yep. Yeah,
6: yeah. Big WKU fan. That's where I went back to school. I uh, got my degree from there. Started to work at a... Uh, TV station in Bowling Green, Kentucky for a couple of years. And I've been in Evansville, oh my gosh,
1: for 15 years now. So I, I, I got to ask you, what exactly in the hell is a hilltopper?
6: You know what? I don't think anyone <laughs> really knows. Big Red, I know everybody knows our mascot is Big Red. Uh, the school sits on top of a huge hill. And that's the only thing that I can think of is when you walk up to the top of the hill, I guess you walk up to the top of the hill, hell of
1: that's the best I can give you. <laughs> that works, man. That works for me.
6: All right, guys.
3: So I'm a really, really big Georgia Bulldog fan. I could not be objective about that if I tried to, um, or if I was getting paid for it. So I'm wondering, do you guys wear your fandom on your chest during your broadcast, or
6: is it something that you try to hold back? Who wants to go first? You guys want me to go first? I'll yeah, go, go first. ahead, yeah. Parms. Right. I just wanted to hey, say, go man.
2: ahead, Parms, By the way, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Farms.
6: Everybody who watches uh, me knows that I'm a huge WKU fan, and and I'm lucky enough to uh, be able to say that some of our viewing area does include WKU fans. So It is no joke that I'm a huge Hilltopper fan. I throw that in in there in in my broadcast for a good chance.
2: So uh, before I uh, answer that question, I will tell you, like, um, I had, uh, I called two Western Kentucky games this season, and um, nope. EA, EA, EA Diddle Arena is incredible. It's actually become, I think, like a top 15 place for me to watch or call a game because the, the, the basketball intelligence for Western Kentucky fans is awesome. And the place is packed because it seats, the are probably seats about 8,000 in there, right? It's about Um, 8,000. Yeah, they did
6: a remodel uh, 10 years ago. So it's a fantastic arena now
1: that it
2: is. Yeah, it's really great. So I always really enjoy my time there. So a little off track. Sorry. Sorry. yeah, so um, I, I went to played at UCF. I played basketball at UCF. I have to explain that because I look like a ping pong player, but I decided to play basketball for some reason, right? Um, so uh, I try never to show anything related to UCF in a broadcast at all because I'm You know, this is kind of boring, but um, as I'm trying to climb the ladder, um, I just try to be as objective as possible. So if anything, UCF fans probably yell at me for not being positive enough. I'm probably way harder on, like, calling the UCF games uh, than I am maybe any other team. Just, I I just, you know, it's not about me having fun. It's about what the viewer kind of wants to see. So I try to remain uh, somewhat objective.
6: Uh, I'm the local guy. So I, I think it's okay if I'm a little bit more of a homer. That's you should,
3: just how be. I feel
2: you should be. As a local guy, you should be. You got to be.
3: So when uh, UCF, <clears throat> they were undefeated in the real national champions in 2016, I think, were you just trying to stay away from that completely? Or how did that go for you?
2: well we I talked about it a few times you know um I've always felt and I know Dan tried to adopt it more than the other guys but the other guys are such Miami FIU FAU fans um they didn't really want to but I always felt like UCF was there a little bit of what the levitard show is for college football in that they're disruptors right they're they're like they're going against against the grain they're hyper aware of who they are and they're calling out all the baloney in regards to what a power five conference is or um you know the 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 invitational right the the, the national championship um uh, uh tournament it's it's really an invitational so i i am um, i i understand i don't agree with everything that ucf did in terms of how they promoted that but i totally support trying to upset the establishment and push for more of the little guy so i i understand why they did it
1: trying to push those boundaries is that why you started dropping some uh, some show lines into your into your telecasts?
2: <laughs> honestly man i just did it for fun um like i'm a naturally really boring guy right like i'm chicken and mashed potatoes you know um and uh you know i always get made fun of because we'll go to like a really fancy restaurant i'm like can i have the chicken and vegetables for uh, that would be great even if it's not on the menu so um like some of the things like as i've grown inside of just specifically like the college basketball broadcast world. Um, I think I I stopped focusing on two things. I stopped trying to focus on being someone else. And I stopped trying to focus on just trying to be overtly unique. And what I this is going to sound really simple, but the more I became myself in a broadcast, the more positive feedback I started getting. Um, and the more, the more games I started getting. And part of my life, I mean, is the like the Levitard show. Like And it's just something I was like, it would be kind of fun if I just dropped a line in because there's a, you know, most of the time, nobody's going to have a clue what some of this stuff is. Um, And the the guys I do play-by-play with when I drop some of the lines, totally oblivious, right? Um, And they're just going along with it. So it was just something fun I tried to do for a few games where it made sense. I think if you force it and try to do it too much, then it stops being what, like really the show is all about, right? It's, it's, you, you want to be, you want to be aware of who you are, but you're not trying to be like a total gas bag and fake. It's got to fit. It's got to be a good, if I'm not having fun, the game's not, the game's not going to be good. That's just kind of the way I looked at it.
0: So I want to piggyback off of Barry's question. Um And more so for you, Ma, than, uh, than Barnes, but do you find it's harder to not talk about UCF fandom or not talk about your UF hatred or your Miami hatred? Like you find it harder to be objectively objective to teams you dislike or
2: personally? Well, I'll jump in real quick. Parms and let you, then let you jump in. Um, God, I just love saying Parms so much. Um, (laughs) I, uh, um, no, I guess I would probably say no only because I'm a total like nut job for college basketball. Like I don't hate a particular team. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the weirdo on Sunday night who's watching Pac-12 after the dark or um, like if I'm, you know, if any game is on TV, I'm probably watching that game. Like I always talked about um, one of my favorite like moments ever was when I uh, um, like eat even when I was a kid, like I was filling out March Madness brackets in like fourth grade. I mean, like no, no fourth grader was doing that. You know, I mean, I was just obsessed with college hoops. And when I was at NC State, I played at NC State in my freshman year. We went to the tournament. When I walked into the tournament, when I walked into the arena for the first practice, I was like, oh, my gosh i'm in a bracket right now i was like i was having this like really weird nerd out moment about college hoops um so that's a long way to answer like i really don't hate any team okay i'm not trying to be cliche i promise mm-hmm. i'm just totally obsessed with the game man and so i just you know i, I hope that comes out on the broadcast but uh you know it just i don't care if if it's a you know if, if it's two teams that nobody's ever heard of it's it's a, it's a blast for me. Farms, you hate the wildcats. You know you hate the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> I was getting there. I, I, just I know you I hate the man. Come on. <laughs>
0: and you're allowed to, it's okay.
6: Yeah. I, I love Kentucky. I love IU. I love the University of Evansville. I love Southern Indiana, but I love Western Kentucky. When I'm doing those play-by-play highlights, it, it comes across that I that I do get excited uh, when those teams uh, make a big play or something like that. And I've always said I try to approach it as from a fan's point of view because that's what I am. I'm just a fan. That, uh, if it's a bad loss, you know, I'm I'm upset about that. Or uh, if, say, you know, a coach gets in trouble for some reason. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a controversy. I kind of let my frustration come out on here sometimes just because I'm a fan and I'm a fan of all those teams. And if I hate a team, uh, I, I try not to let that out. Not many that I hate.
0: And hate me. may be too strong a word. Maybe dislike is a better way to say it. I just know sometimes I have some friends who dislike. are like Carolina fans, Duke <laughs> lose, then they would see their own team win. And I'm like, well, then you're not really a fan. So I just didn't know if that would ever that something that you guys had come across. So anyway, continue.
6: <laughs> Now, uh, luckily for me, I guess, uh, I don't get to do WKU stuff as much as I would like to, just because they're kind of the the fourth or fifth team in the pick and order from Evansville. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It would be pretty tough uh, for me, especially WKU football, to uh, to not let some of my hatred for some of the teams in the conference out, like, uh, like FIU, sorry, Billy, or, <laughs> or Middle Tennessee, teams like that.
1: All right. Thank you. So I'll go
3: now. This is Mike Ryan fan account. Um, I guess walk me through when you initially first heard the show. Did you, Was it something that it, you enjoyed initially or did, did you have to grow into it? Uh, we can start with you, Mah.
2: So, Mike Ryan, Fan Account, are you driving right now with someone driving you? Because, like, I've got, like, back sweat making sure that you're not, like, driving with a microphone and um, worried about you, man. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. So, dedication. Um, yeah, so I'm, I don't know. You guys are, you know, um, you guys have maybe following a little bit longer than I have. I guess, you know, I would probably say I've been religiously listening to the show for a solid, like, maybe six, seven years. Um, That's when I really, really got into it. Um, The, I never listened to too much sports talk radio because it used to drive me crazy. Like, just normal sports talk radio, I just couldn't do it. Like, as a former player, I coached for a year at UC. And I'm like, everybody on here knows nothing and everybody's stupid, right? That was like, that was my, that was my, I was like, I can't listen to anybody. And it's like one of the reasons why I went into broadcasting. So I'm like, I have to tell the truth here. This is insane. So um, what, what I, I really hope this never gets out to Dan because what actually got me into the Levitard show, like like religiously to where it became almost right, it's like part of a the daily routine, is the Greg Cody back in my day about rocking chairs. And I was driving to a meeting. This is this is when I was working at UCF, and I was driving to a meeting. And I'm switch, I'm cruising through the dial, and this comes on, and I'm like, that that's 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 my soul right there. It's like the, someone talking about a rocking chair. I'm like, this is a sports chant. Like this, what? And I keep listen. I kept listening, listening, and then I, and slowly over the course of time, I started picking it up, um, like the inside jokes and everything. And it just became an obsession. But don't tell Dan that Greg Cody is the one who actually got me into the Levitard show. But his his back in my day on the rocking chair was like the, was, was was the total light bulb switch for me.
6: Don't let Stu Gatz know because this was just took so his uh, his ego a little bit more. But he's the main reason that I started listening to the show. Um, this was jeez four five years ago um about baseball players and what hat that they wanted to wear uh when they were had their bus made into the whole thing and it it was a classic stugatz five minute rant uh that made absolutely no sense whatsoever he took about eight different viewpoints in in that little rant and i can remember i was laughing it was a it was i literally had to pull off to the side of the road because i was crying i was laughing so hard and it was a Stugatz Major League Baseball Hall of Fame hat wearing that that turned me into a big fan. And so, and now I'm like all you other guys, I listen religiously. Every day.
2: Speaking of, speaking of jumping in real quick, speaking of pulling over the side of the road, I, uh, during the week of the Sueys, I have to time up my drives and my podcast listens. Because if I'm driving to a meeting and I'm listening to the Sueys, I, like, I probably pulled over to the side of the road at least eight to 10 (laughs) times um, uh, for especially any of the suey mistake, like the mistakes category. Like I will, any, any of the the mistake, or the Stugiot's mispronunciation. I would. I think I've pulled over eight to ten times in the last four or five years because of, because of, of listening listening to the Sueys. Yeah, that the pulled over the side of the road's a real thing.
4: All right, guys, we got Randall Parmley and Michael Donnell on Lower After Hours. Uh, Coach D Bro, aka Danielle, right here. So speaking of mispronunciations. So for the first time, I announced my daughter's ten-year-old hockey tournament this year and i found those names so challenging so i'm wondering what is your process uh leading up to a game to make sure you don't botch anybody's
2: name okay coach Show. Oh, yeah it's it's super hard because there'll be times in which if i I'll call two or three games in a week um and it's it's not easy um because i'm happy to there's a good suey t-shirt there yeah i'm i'm happy to Admit the fact that I'm not a very intelligent person, and it's like you know, like in school, like I have to read over a chapter three to four times before I even understand what what actually happened. So, um, not a big reader. And um, uh, so, what I have to do is—I won't go into too to depth. But for every game that I do, minimum, what I'm doing is I'm watching one full game of each team. Um, I, I, I read the three most current articles and and three articles of uh, at the very beginning of the season of each team. Um, there's a particular um, uh, uh, stat website that I go to, um, and I go I go through every player from best player on the team to manager and learn backgrounds um tendencies uh individual film on them and then so while i'm watching film i actually get to hear like um you know you'll hear other broadcasters say the name and then you also you look up the pronunciation because a lot of times you know a broadcaster may get it wrong and you don't want to be following you don't want to be following the guy who made the mistake so uh, try to take a little pride in as much as i can but again you're talking to a complete and total college basketball nerd, so like, Like I'm probably putting in, if I can, you know, 24, 24 hours of work on each team. So if I don't have it right, if I'm unsure, I go to the sports information director, you know, kind of day before the game or day of game, be like, I'm going to say this guy's name, tell me if I'm wrong. And I would tell you 95% of the time I am wrong (laughs) (laughs) at at least 95% of the time I'm wrong, but you know, um,
0: Stugatz mispronunciation yeah. right there.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, uh, so maybe if I do drop a name wrong, I'll, I'll drop a little Stugatz line next time. But um, it's uh, by the time my complete, like, beautiful mind is working by watching film and studying and everything, eventually I'll get it. But it's, it's not an easy process. You do
3: more prep for one game than he's done, than Stugatz has done for all of 2020.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I love Gotts. because I would, I'll, I'll happily go on record and say Stu Gotts is the exact opposite person of who I am. Like the way he <laughs> thinks, acts, prepares, he is the exact opposite of how I carry on my life, which is exactly why I love him so much. Can I tell you a quick, can I tell you a quick Stugatz story if we have time? Yes. Okay, 100%. so... Um, Um, I've always wanted to tell this story on the show hopefully maybe one day I'll be able to Um, but so I had a chance um, uh, I was actually in Miami for work and the guys invited me to swing by the studio and meet everybody Um, Chris Cody actually set it up but he was out of town Um, he was at Disney and uh, which there's another follow-up Chris Cody story for that so I sit down and um, um, Mike Ryan comes and gets me downstairs at the, at the bar. You know, you have to wait at the Cleveland Bar and comes and brings you up. And Mike was awesome. And it was the day, you guys will remember, I remember this, it was the day that they were having a really hard time with getting Mike Leach on the program for like the first time. And so everything was like in total chaos for some reason. And um, before I get into my appreciation for, the, for the, all the guys in the show, I'm sitting there in Chris Cody's chair and I'm trying to get out of the shot. Like I'm trying to duck. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to mess this up. Right. I'm in like the Holy grail of, of, of sports radio. I don't want to mess it up. And um, so I'm sitting there and they go to the show and, and afterwards everybody's super nice. Like Dan was, was awesome. Uh, uh, Stu came up, said hi. Billy was like, Billy took me on a tour and was probably like just, the nicest person I could ever, maybe I've ever met in my entire life and it was great. Roy was really locked in. And um, uh, so uh, I'm walking out and two things, uh, I'm walking out and Stu Gotts is walking out too. Everybody's working, but Stu Gotts is getting out of there. Everybody's got work to like finish up with, but Stu's got his backpack on, he's leaving. And so he's like, "Hey, you walking out to the um, uh, to the parking lot?" I was like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "I'll walk with you, okay?" And so he just starts talking, and I'm just like listening and just talking. And and, uh, and he's uh, we get um, we get into the parking garage, and he's like, "Hey, you know, you got a great future." And He's giving me this whole thing about a great future and like you know, keep working. You know, really nice, you know, really good guy. Blah blah blah, all this stuff. And and he's like, "I'm, I'm like really feeling good." I'm like, "Oh wow, this is great." You know, this dude guy's just pumping me up, and then he starts talking about how the history of, of of the, he starts going in the history of the show. So we were in the parking lot for at least 27 minutes. And it was just him talking. And I was like, I gotta go to a meeting. I was like, I have to leave. But about halfway through, he's trying to tell me, he's trying to give me advice on my career. And, and, and like, I appreciate that. Like he's a lot higher up than I am in anything. And I'm listening to it, but I'm also, I noticed multiple things. One, I literally see pieces of kind bar at the corner of his mouth. Still stuck there. And then number two, I, I don't, you guys have, everybody's worn a backpack, right? But he's wearing a backpack. And have you ever felt the backpack? Uh, strap twisted like on your shoulder like that's feel like that's something you notice immediately well the backpack was twisted the, the shoulder of the backpack was twisted like three times and i'm looking at and staring at it, like how does he not <laughs> notice that one of the straps is twisted three times like this is driving me crazy and you guys know like the little clips like that are on the backpack straps that are used to like clip things up i could see it like jabbing into his shoulder i'm like how are you not feeling this right now are you on that many heaters that you're not actually feeling the backpack twisted and jammed so far into your shoulder, I'm like, I don't even remember what you said the last ten minutes. I'm fixated on the sh- on the, the shoulder of his backpack. It was it was just totally surreal. But honestly, I'll never forget the fact that like he just chatted with me for like thirty minutes, and it was it was the coolest thing ever. He was just he's the everyday man and the down to earth guy, and he was totally that in real life. It was awesome. That's really uh,
4: cool. Does it still haunt you? The strap? Do you still like think about it sometimes? I like- can't
2: watch the show or clip. Or- not think of Stu this twisted backpack shoulder like I, I can't look at him the same way ever again like I don't know why but it makes me incredibly uncomfortable by the way here's why Chris Cody is a total warrior number one he's, he's really great to me just 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 like a, 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 as you would expect, Chris Coe to be good to anybody. So when I was sitting in his chair, <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to do after the show, and I just got lazy, I think, right? A little bit of Stugats and everybody. I it, it's the worst chair I've ever sat in my life, and it's it's not even close. It's it's number one, incredibly wobbly. Anytime I moved my feet, there's like this metal circular thing at the bottom of the at the basin of the of the chair that bangs really loud. I swear, I thought I'd ruin the show like three times from like a random noise banging. And you guys know like the, the cushioned armrests are, are usually like it's kind of foam padding. You know, like those usually like executive chairs that have that foam padding on the armrest it's gone. It's these, it's like, but I never knew it was underneath the, the, the foam padding. It's these like metal jagged edges. And I had like scrapes on my forearm afterwards. And I'm like, Chris, I'm like thinking, I'm like, this is the biggest radio show in the country. I was like, Chris Cody can't get a new show. I need to start a GoFundMe for a Chris Cody new, new, new chair. I'm like, I need to do this. And I totally dropped the ball. I feel like nobody, nobody's doing anything right now. I should start a GoFundMe for a new Chris Cody chair. Because I'm telling you right now, it's the worst share ever. I just feel bad for Chris.
1: We'll ship it to the cleaners. And that, now we know With exactly why Cody stands up the whole the whole show.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, it, it makes total sense. Yeah, there you go. You got a little insight. I feel bad. Like. It's kind of funny, but I feel legitimately bad because I've never been more uncomfortable sitting in anything in my entire life. It's a terrible chair.
1: All right. So I've got a question here for, uh, for Parms and, uh, and for Mike OD, um, just a little reset here right now on the, uh, Lauer after hours podcast, we have Mike Ryan Fanning, account, Barrett, Anthony, Danielle, Morgan from Australia, ASOM and steak sauce. Um, what is your Mount Rushmore of show lines that you guys have thrown into your broadcaster, Parms? And oh my gosh. <laughs> um,
6: Mike, do you want to go first? You want me to go? I'll take it. I'll take it. No, Parms, go um, ahead. Obviously, uh, to, to me, the favorite ones that I have done is uh, I would go first of all with Welcome to the Music Dome, Dunk. That one seems to work It, it makes zero sense. But for some reason, uh, it, on the Reddit, fans seem to have absolutely loved it. Um, anything three-ball, anything with collision course works extremely well. So I would I would put that one up there. Um, just And mainly it's because of the reaction that I get from Twitter or the
1: reaction that I get from the, from the guys in the studio. That is a solid list there, Parms. Mike, what do you got?
2: Well, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of them. But one that I did that actually, um, this is a good transition from what Parm said. So, like when Dan would complain that nobody uses his. Um, so there's one that you guys have never heard before and Chris Cody has it um, I and then coronavirus hit and everything just kind of like everything just changed but I did one and it was it was so intense the way that I said it um, that I had to immediately change my tone because the guy the play-by-play the guy I was doing the game with was so confused as to my intensity <laughs> level for this random statement he thought I was angry with him and w- what it was i i was able to work in a two dollar fine go walk to the ocean line and i had to immediately change my tone because i realized that the play-by-play guy thought i was really mad with him and because he said some like ridiculous statement chris cody has the clip he's got the line um I, i was in it i was thinking about just tweeting it out but i i you know i I just kind of want to be, I just kind of want to like, cause the show is sacred. Right. And I just want to be careful that it's more about the show and less about me. So I was like, I, I'm going to, I sent this to Chris and I was like, this is my Mona Lisa. And then, and then, like uh, coronavirus hit, and um, so everything just kind of changed. So Chris, so Chris Cody has it. Um, I would say I've never been more proud of a show line in my life than than being able to work in the fine and then go walk to the ocean. Um, total That's Mona good. Lisa, total Mona Lisa line. But I guess I just I said it almost like like if I was mad at Greg Cody or if I was mad at you know Billy for doing something. Like, You know, and uh, I I think the the, the puzzled look on the play-by-play's voice was just just perfect.
6: Why did you start using the lines, Mike? Were you trying to get on the show, or did you think it would be something goofy and funny?
2: No, you know. uh, I was honestly, um, uh, the, the last two years, I kind of talked about this earlier, the last two years, I really made it a point to, um, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to grow my storytelling <laughs> inside of the game. I take a lot of pride in that. I take that really seriously. Um, and number two, I really, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I really try to focus on being myself. Um, and like I said, like part of my, like just who I am was those dropping those show lines and can't do it every game. I, I, I don't want to do it every game because then it's not, it's not real. It's got to fit the moment perfectly um, or else it comes off as forced. And um, I really did it because honestly, I just, I thought it'd be a blast. I really, I, I thought it'd be a blast. That'd be fun. And um, I had, you can believe it or not, I was totally, completely freaked out when they played it on the show. In Man, fact, I, 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 have, I believe that. I, yeah, you probably know. I have a new, um, one of my buddies, Is uh, I don't care if we use his name, he's not going to care, his name is Eric Faber. Um, he's a really good buddy of mine. Uh, he calls me. And he sends me six text. like five or six text messages in a row, and then he calls me. And I was coming out of a meeting, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, everything okay?" He goes, "I hate, despise, and love you all at the same time." I'm like, "What do you mean? <laughs> goes, you were just on the Levitard show." I go, "What? Are you serious?" And he's like, I, I, "Tell me everything. I didn't even know this about you." And so now we have like this little Orlando text group of like uh, of like Levitard show. Uh, this is like three of us, three or four of us, and um, and, and he. He was just, he was like the mixture of really angry and like ecstatic <laughs> that, was, that he, he knew somebody who got on the show. I was totally shocked, man. Totally shocked.
6: I wanted to be on the Lauer. That was my end. That was a goal. That was the only goal I had. I thought if I did this really silly, goofy thing, they might play it. On the local hour one day and so the first time i did it and i i tweeted it to the guys overnight and uh i get up early the next morning and i have a uh, a direct message from from chris uh, wanting to know if they could use it, so I'm like, awesome, they're gonna use it on the, on the Lower. that's great. And like 15 minutes later, I get another message from Lorenzo wanting to know if they can use it on, on ESPN News. And I'm thinking, oh, that's really, really cool. And you know, they use it for one of the regional And uh, and, and when I sent stuff in, they continued it on the national show, and it just absolutely blows, blows me away.
5: And I get layered. Hey, what's sticks up, us? guys? It's to Sauce. How you doing? What's up, buddy? What's up, Sticks uh, Up? I, got off the treadmill. I just got off the treadmill, trying to be 1% less fat. <laughs> I
6: was going to say you look very sweaty today.
5: Yeah, sweaty sauce. Um, uh, I'm uh, There's a little Greg Cody in me. I'm a sports writer. I was a sports writer for 13 years, up until recently. And um, I tried, the last thing I ever had published was a Super Bowl column where I just forced in uh, show reference. Okay, and uh, I want to tell you, it's really hard. I
6: stole the idea. I, I totally stole the idea off, Mike.
5: Okay. i'm uh, uh, one of the times
6: i saw that they had mike on it's like oh that's a great idea uh, i i'm going to try that and uh i was also i'm not gonna lie i was so jealous at all the uh all the uh the recognition that the uh the fort wayne five were getting for having mike up to the ballpark and i'm like man just as awesome as as fort wayne where they are at the total opposite end of the state like, so uh so yeah, it's pretty pretty cool how it's all it's all hey, blue Barnes, it, until, it, it, until uh, uh, eighty yeah. <laughs> twenty split my way, buddy. Eighty
2: twenty split my way, buddy. So Michael you, were, you
6: were the direct inspiration. I'm like, I'm like, if this dude doing doing ESPN three games can get on, I, like,
5: yes, I can get on. <laughs> but I did. I stole. I stole a directly from you. That was pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's a lot harder than you guys make it seem, let me tell you. Mine didn't come out so well. I'll tweet you the link later. But it, I did have print journalism, which, you know, there's a degree of difficulty there. Oh,
6: you did. You had some good ones. Oh, I right? remember one of the uh, – after one of the tweets that I sent him, they played it on the national uh, national show, um, Mike started talking about steak sauce. He, he said, we're giving the TV guys a little bit too much credit, and he rattled <laughs> off a couple of
5: airlines. They were pretty good. It's hard. Much harder than it looks. You guys are, you guys are pros. Well,
6: it takes me – Oh my gosh! Um, for a minute and a half of the video, that, that is probably two weeks worth of broadcasts. Uh, so I gotta write it and be as as smooth, I guess, as the best. And uh, so it, that's that's about two weeks worth of of nightly broadcasts. Uh, but you know, like like you guys said, Corona hit and kind of brought an end all that.
5: Did you guys ever get any feedback from like the higher ups? Like, why the hell did you just say you know don't collision course or walk in the ocean?
6: And uh, they went nuts that you know their sports director was on uh was on national radio earlier in the day but i've not had anyone say anything of you know what the hell what the hell are you doing but again i try to make them pretty you know pretty pretty obsolete and try to stick them in you know once every two or three days So. I think the most obvious one that I did was the one that Dan called me out on. Uh, after a block, I used the $2, get out of here. And uh, that one kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. It didn't fit very well when I said, get out of here, when I said $2. So that, that's probably the most, most obvious one that I've used.
2: No, no, I was going to say, there hasn't, there hasn't been any, you know, negative feedback, if that's what you're asking. Yeah.
5: The only feedback I got was uh, I had Tyree uh, Kill and Michael Hardman look at each other. It's like a Spider-Man meme. And then uh, my boss said, what the hell is a Spider-Man meme? <laughs> <laughs> that was it, and I showed it to him. And like, oh, I get it. Okay, print it. <laughs> yeah.
6: Even though I loved "Welcome to the Music Dome" after a dunk, um, yeah, that one was kind of like, what, 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 what's he talking about?
5: I'm glad we got into this a little bit, because we recently had Izzy on, and he always drops show lines in his NBA broadcast on ESPN, and he is nervous doing it on ESPN, so I always think that's uh, funny. But my one question for you guys both, I have so many, but uh, the glaring question is, and you don't have to answer, but do either one of you or both of you pee in the shower?
2: Uh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, what, what are we? What are we talking about here, man? Yeah. So
5: you're the eighty yeah. percent. That's good.
2: Yeah, it's my, my house. I own the shower. I mean, what, what? What are we doing? You know, I mean, this is this is insanity talk.
6: I'm going to go to the Bumani route. What are you guys? A bunch of savages.
2: I don't get it, man. Like you know, I mean, I, I've got what, one of my best friends is groomsmen at my wedding. He's a total, total, total nut job. But he would, you know, uh, he's like, I can't trust anybody who doesn't pee in the pool, you know, at least once in their life. And um, I, I don't pee in the pool. I think, I think that's gross. But if you're asking me if I have peed in the pool, I make it. Yeah, like when I was a kid, of course. <laughs> yeah, what, what, are, what are we even talking about here, man? I don't think I ever have the pool. I have the lake. Does that count? I would be sure. nervous in the lake. I would be nervous in the lake. Yeah. I'd be nervous about that. You've got, you've got amoebas in there and all kinds yeah. of things.
6: But I think there's a difference between swimming in the lake and what was he down on the Amazon swimming in the Nile or something like that?
2: Yeah. Do you have another? Oh, uh, Morgan. I'm Mark, totally new. Right. Oh, hey there guys. You go. There you go. Sorry.
4: It's, it's really early in the morning. Um, it's six forty four on Sunday. So welcome to the future. Um, I have two questions. Um, firstly, Mike, um, who would be the best Australian to have played college basketball? And can you tell me that it's not Ben Simmons? Because I would enjoy that.
2: Wow, that's a really um,
4: And don't wh- let the hat fool you. I don't want you to tell me it's Ben Simmons.
2: No, I know. Yeah, you can't say that and you have the LS <laughs> L- like that's 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 who I was that's what I was gonna say. Um, no. uh, give me a sec I have to think about that though. Um, the best Australia So
1: so University of New Mexico has always had a very good relationship with Australia
2: the university
1: um, of had, australia
4: i think we call it now
1: yes yes uh they had uh luke longley um hugh greenwood and uh cameron baristow yes. um they're at uh university of new mexico
2: wait morgan don't yell at me because i'm drawing a blank okay and mm-hmm. i'm just blaming it on COVID. um who's the who's Hashtag the who's, who's the We're yeah, all in yeah, yeah. Uh, um utah played for utah played for a long time in the nba um, andrew bergen
1: that's, that's my guy
2: that's too. my guy I'm embarrassed but that's why you're the best Morgan yeah Andrew Bogut is probably my favorite and I think probably the probably the best to come out of Australia
4: alright and second question 86 Celtics or 97 Bulls
2: 97 Bulls not even close
4: you can't say
6: that I know. <laughs>
4: Um, what about
2: you i'm gonna
6: go uh, which part first question second question
4: oh you both please.
6: oh it's got to be Bogut, because i was doing the same thing as a mod i was trying to think of him so it's bo and i'm going86 oh, i mean come on you got you got you've got bird who's from indiana so right there you got uh, I've, got, I've got to go with the with the guy from New Jersey. They'll
0: disown you if you don't pick him. But,
4: but yeah, I said they'll disown you us, uh, if don't
6: pick him. Uh, oh yeah, oh my gosh, it's you know it's crazy that uh, that there's so many people that are actually on the show, and I don't know why I'm getting off on this topic. It just popped into my head uh, that are from this area. Uh, obviously, Larry Bird, he's not on the show, but uh, uh, Don Mattingly is, is is from Evansville. I know uh, Tyler Zeller, Luke Zeller was on the show a couple of times during the uh, the and he was from he was from washington indiana which is which is a couple hours uh away from here so i always thought that was pretty cool
3: that peeing in the shower talk made steak sauce leave you
4: had to go
3: well so i have one more question you guys seem like you're into uh into some some wacky weekend topics i've got some wopics here for you and mike you said you actually went to ucf so my question is what is the best or worst tailgating experience that you've ever had and my worst is actually
2: at ucf oh well, that's comforting So um, while, while you guys think
3: for a moment I'll uh, let you let you in on this. All right. So, you know, beer pong has a lot of different rules. You know, you go to somewhere else, you're playing by the house rules. That's how it is. And that's not that big of a deal. But man, these UCF people were just expecting me to know their house rules. And every infraction that was made was just like a total shadow of just coming over me for how wrong I am. This The game is starting. And the first thing they do is try to bounce a shot. And I send that shit into left field. And from then, it, I think, you know, it started kind of bad because I was emphatic about it. I was talking crap. I was like, that was pretty weak. And just had this wave of knights coming at me. I'm like, all oh, right, right. Set the tone for the rest of the tailgate
2: so how many people were upset at you barrett uh
3: there was probably about 30 of us in the knit tight area that we were in and oh, yeah. three of
2: them were on my side love it love it 60,000 students biggest biggest school in the world but 30 30 students are really, really well no we were just in school. our <laughs> little
3: section yeah yeah it, it was I'm just kidding,
2: kidding. you're gonna have to forgive the UCF fans you know you got to remember we're kids man um actually for the next two years our our alumni base is going to get younger before it gets older you know when you <laughs> when you graduate 20,000 students a year, uh, we don't have any grandparents yet, man. You know, so we're just, we're kids playing in the, playing in the adult sandbox. So uh, we're, you, you were, we were probably playing little kid uh, uh, beer pong rules. Uh, so just forgive the, forgive the kids at UCF for that. Um, so one of, I'm not a big, you guys are probably going to scream and yell at me, but I'm not a big day drinker. Um, my wife is, I am not. I, I'm not like, I would rather, I'm two hours at night, like, that's it. So I never really got into the whole tailgating thing. Cause like growing up in the basketball world, you don't really do a lot of tailgating, but um, like the coolest, um, one of the coolest experiences is when um, like, cause obviously college football season is right before, right before uh, college basketball season. So to hype up college basketball season, we would actually go through uh, when like the basketball team will walk through the tailgating lot, the student tailgating lot before a football game and everybody just goes berserk and goes crazy. And and, uh, and that's always like, you know, nobody knows who you are, but it's like kind of cool when everybody's screaming for you. The worst is when um, – have you guys ever been – okay, well, were you at the on-campus stadium or was it at the Citrus Bowl? No, we were at –
3: we were – I actually didn't go to that game, but we were tailgating on campus.
2: Okay, so the old (laughs) Citrus Bowl – the Citrus Bowls where they used to have the games and back when UCF was horrible at football. They're just terrible, right? You had that two years where you didn't win a game. They were just awful. And, um, I remember leaving a lot of times the, 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 fights in the stands between rival fraternities were more exciting than what was happening on the field, but I'm leaving a game and my buddies and I are leaving the game and we notice off, I kind of notice off in the distance that there's this guy who's kind of hovering over my buddy's car who he came in and, um, we get a little closer and I said, Hey, Justin, um, I think, uh, I think someone's peeing on your car, man. And uh, he goes, no. I'm like, yeah, you might need a laser in focus there. And he takes off and darts off run. And the guy was just absolutely destroyed and hammered. And he's peeing, just, just like, like, it's like a urinal. He's peeing on the, you know, just like Chris Cody in a pool. He's just going to town on my buddy's car. And I, uh, uh, we get up there and um, uh, <laughs> my buddy Justin's confronting him. And I'm like, hey, and he, the guy who was peeing on the car was just, like, just destroyed out of his mind. Had no idea where he was. But he gets really mad. Like he was clearly like a big frat guy. And I was like, hey, guys. Guy. let's just all get along we're all on the same team here we all bleed black and gold you know like the most cliche maybe movie line like of all time right and uh he goes i'll pee on you right now and i'm like first of all <laughs> early bird that that's that's the grossest thing that's any, anybody's ever said to me and um i I I feel like you've crossed a line here, guy. And so I'm 99% Irish. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let's, i size this guy up. And then two of my buddies pull me away because like, it's not worth it, man. You got a season coming up. And I'm like, this is like old from like an 80s, like, like you know, a uh, movie. And uh, the as we're leaving, I roll, roll, roll down the window and I'm like, dude, just go away. Cause he's like banging on the glass. And he sticks his finger and he puts his finger right in my forehead and he shoves my forehead. I'm like, is that your piece? finger I mean like are you serious man like this is disgusting who's got Purell I need Purell right now so uh yeah that's that was the worst tailgating experience of my life and it was yeah it was a UCF football game
4: (laughs) I'm not over that line I'll pee on you like
2: (laughs) yeah you know uh, (laughs) I It's, it's not something you want to hear, you know, really from anybody.
4: It could have been a compliment.
2: No, well, I, I would just say that uh, I don't think any compliments were being thrown in any direction uh, that day. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was stone cold sober and just like most of my life. And I was like, this is, this is, I'm ready to throw down here with a with a drunken fool. But, uh, you know, didn't, glad I didn't. But there's your gross tailgating peace story for you that you weren't expecting on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs>
6: Perfect person. Do you have, have any? any stories? Uh, man, I wish I could top that. Uh, but I can't. Uh, nothing compares to that. Well, I don't have well, let me even, just let,
2: let me just say this, Parms, is let me tell you why you're more of a man than I am, because you worked in a factory. All right, that's incredible, right? You've probably got so much more hair in your chest than I do. And you have one of the great like like Parms is like that's like a top ten nickname of anybody that I know. I mean, that's fantastic. And so not only you got a top ten nickname, you, you've worked this, in a factory, you're 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 a heck of a dude, man.
6: Well, I was uh I was a, a non-traditional student. I mean, I didn't graduate until I was thirty. So when all the college kids are, uh, are are tailgating, you know, at the Western games, when I was in college, I'm sitting over at my apartment getting some last minute studying in before I could go to the game. And uh, now that I go when I'm an adult, you know, I'm kind of in the family section of the tailgating. My entire family, uh, my wife is a, is a WKU grad, and her uh, and stepdad still live in Bowling Green, so we go with the kids and we tailgate. But uh, we're nowhere near where the where the being threatened to pee on people section is that.
2: Few are Parms. Very few people are at that level. <laughs> oh, so nice. I'm gonna
0: piggyback off of your story, Mike. I went to the University of Delaware, hashtag Joe Flacco. And uh I remember yes, this is a bunch years ago, but in the bathrooms at the stadium they didn't have urinals they had a trough and the water would just flow down like Dan's water wall oh, and there's a guy in there with his like I don't know six, eight year old son and his dad finishes and goes to wash his hands and he turns around and he realizes his son is washing his hands in the water that comes down where everybody's peeing and he's just like <sighs> got his hands in and doing his thing and he's like Dad, you got any towels and the father's face is like home alone like oh my God come here, come here, come here and everybody in the place is just cracking up laughing the kid didn't know the kid like you know he was just like, "Oh, this water!" Obviously, we wash your hands here. So that's my one funny uh, tailgate-ish story. Back up off yours, Mike.
2: Brutal. Oh, thanks. I, 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 can, I don't want to be the can, can <laughs> from my, my story. Like I don't want that to be. I mean, this is this is this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Yeah. Show's description will be P Talk with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you could do that if you want, but um, uh, I, I, would, I, would, uh, I would give you $5 not to do that. To do that.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> is it U.S. dollars or Australian dollars? Mm. I, could, I could be swayed.
2: Well, whose economy is better? <laughs> I'll give <it> <laughs> five dollars. Probably theirs.
4: Yeah. No, 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 it's yours. It's
2: By the way, can we, can we? Like... Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.